I just wonder, it came up in my thought, based on the song we just sang, and what's around us. I wonder if, instead of praying for things, we just spoke the name over things. I declare by your name, by the, the covenant you made with us, that such and such shall be. I wonder if we started speaking the name over this place. I think one of two things would happen. We would see a big conversion of the people that like to live around here. Or they would move someplace else because they're uncomfortable being around us. Do you realize that's what happened to the first church in Antioch? Some drew close, others drew back. There's a power in life that you and I can walk in. Does, does anybody in here have one of those neighbors? Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever just kind of like walk in front of their house and speak the name of Jesus? Has anybody ever had one of those bosses? You ever just like walk by their office and speak the name of Jesus? See, God has given us something to live in. And we have relegated it down to, uh, uh, it's almost like everything. You know, if we go to Acts chapter 1, 8, it says he's given us power uh, that, you sh- uh, that you will be witnesses of me. And we change that word witnesses to a vocal witness. Now, we should be vocal witnesses. But the witness he's talking about right there is the demonstration of our life in front of other people. You can see, if you go back up to, I think it's verse 3, same chapter, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples that he was raised from the dead by many infallible proofs. That means he did things and lived and operated at a level where they could not de- desire he has risen from the dead. But you know, when we get born again, aren't we risen from the dead? Well, where's the infallible proofs? We're just trying to get Jesus to bless us so that we could live at a better level. He wants us to walk in an authority that it'll be a better level, but that others will see him. All right. Well, my theme this year, realign for this time. We've got to get ourselves aligned with, with the Lord. And, and basically what's on my heart about this is the element of uh, the end of times is upon us. How much longer? No clue. Uh, what would the old saying go? Um, live like he's coming back today, but plan like he's not coming back for another 10, 15, 20 years. Work. Work. That's it. Thank you. And, uh, and so you, you can't give up on life, but you got to be ready today should he show. And so uh, the, the message that I've been talking about is the power in the name. Now, the thing that I keep saying, and don't get mad at me or don't get offended, I just believe it's true. We don't understand. (laughs) I'm just thinking of something. (laughs) I keep saying that we don't understand the name of Jesus. Why do I say that? We understand the name of Jesus in the realm that we will pray in the name of Jesus. We do things and we say in the name of Jesus. But we don't understand the depth of the covenant. See, when David went to Goliath, I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. His his whole position on the fight was there's no other alternative 
because I'm coming to you in the name of Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, my banner. He doesn't lose fights. He doesn't lose wars. It doesn't matter that you got a big sword and a big shield. Oh, that's all cool and pretty. I, I, I'm here in the name of my God. And it, it doesn't matter if I'm going to flick you with my finger. It'll kill you. It teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. There's a verse like that. He, he's going out there on the name. And the understanding of this name is where, number one, you have to realize it comes by revelation. So you got to want to find it. You're not just going to stumble into it because there's so much power in that name that if everybody could just stumble into it and find it, or if we could just pray in the name of Jesus, everything would happen. But see, there's a lot, there's a lot of us that have been battling things for a long time and they're not changing. And we're praying in the name of Jesus. Either God's a liar or we're missing something. It, it's got to become like a, uh, I was going to say second nature, but I don't think that's the right word. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but you know, I used this the other day, how in, I don't know, psychology, sociology or something like that. They say that something like 90% of everything we do, we do on a subconscious level. And we just kind of go through, you go to work, man, you start doing things. You're not, okay, what do I do with this piece of paper? You know, we don't do that. We just know what we're supposed to do and we start doing it. And uh, we should do the name like that. Yeah. Now, now, don't get beat up because you're, you're battling something. We live in a fallen world. You're, there's, how's God going to get glory for anything if we don't go through something? Yeah. So, so don't, get, don't get upset that you're, you're fighting something or, or, you know, you're, and you're make, taking your stand. But it should be second nature. And when I was talking about this the other day, somebody, I don't know if it's live stream or talking to somebody, but you remember the story that I said I, I reached down after I, I had cooked some food and we have a gas stove that has those grates, you know, over the flame. And I reached down and I grabbed that right after I, because I'd spilled something, I turned the fire off, reached down and grabbed it. And it, it just, ow! I mean, it burnt me, but I didn't run to the, the water to put water on it. We got aloe vera plants around the house. I didn't go out and cut an aloe vera plant. I grabbed it and said, in the name of Jesus, it never even turned red, much less blistered or anything else. And within a couple, uh, I don't know, let's say 10 seconds, it was gone. Okay, but, but that, what is in you comes out of you. Most people have fear in them. Most people have lack of faith in them that it will work. When we get a revelation of the name of Jesus... There's no other alternative but for it to work. And, and we fight this on many le levels. So from last week or two weeks ago, I said, because last week was the garrisons were here and I didn't really expound too much on this. But I stated that you cannot separate God from his name. Now, you, you and I need to learn this because we can separate ourselves from our name. Somebody knows you and if they know you're flaky... That's what your name means. When somebody says, when, when somebody says your name to the Lord, what's his first thought of you? Well, I know he loves you. Oh, man, I love that hard-headed ding-dong that, that resists me in every, every way. You cannot separate your name from who you are. Now, we cannot separate God from his name. And everything and all the goodness of God is vested in his name. 
So, so when we speak, especially if we understand and speak from a position of authority, now authority is not, a position of authority is not because you believe yourself to be spiritual. It's a place of functioning. See, you, you, could, you could think that you have the authority of God. So you walk up on, to the you know, state capitol in Sacramento, knock on the front door and say, I'm here to talk to the governor. They probably ain't going to let you in. In fact, somebody might escort you someplace. <laughs> okay. it, it, there's a difference from thinking we have authority and having authority. That authority comes from understanding where we've been placed. Ephesians 2, 6, we are seated in him. Ephesians chapter 1, above every name. But usually when we see the names, be it sickness, disease, lack, poverty, whatever the name is, we see ourselves under it. How do you operate in a position of authority when you're under the problem? And, and I tell you one that, that we all will struggle with is inflation. We believe, we see ourselves under inflation. We have no control over it. What, what am I going to do to bring inflation down? To strengthen the dollar? To, to do anything? Federal Reserve has been given that power. And uh, in those within legislature, positions of legislature. So what can I do? Okay, it's because I don't see who I am. If I'm in him, then I can live at a level above that. Now, I might not be able to change inflation for the world, but I can change inflation for my life. Yes. It's the same thing when, when sickness and disease is roaming around, everybody's getting sick. You can see yourself as under it, or you can see yourself as having authority over it. This is an identity position, and it's all based upon the name of Jesus. So we've got to get out of the just talking good talks and feeling good about ourselves. And feel, is do we walk in the authority of the name? And so um, the amount of, of God's goodness, because everything God, God gave, his goodness, his power is, has been invested in his name to the the extent to which you and I will live in the power and the goodness of his name is based upon the value and understanding of the name that we operate in. And we be, most Christians have become casual with God. We know him too well. We've learned the, the Christian language. We've learned the Christian behavior. And we're just doing things, you know, in that subconscious level without realizing we serve a holy God. We should approach him with respect and understanding. We live in a day and age where people are too familiar. Well, he's a friend of mine. Well, praise God, there's a verse on that. But what is he more of, a friend of yours or your Lord and Savior who is holy and who has provided all things for you? And we've got to come to that understanding. So go to, go to Romans chapter 10. So we've got to operate, everything operates in faith. I'd encourage you to go back to my um, Friday live stream, which I talked about out of 1 Peter, or 2 Peter, uh, where he says, add to your faith, virtue to virtue, you know, uh, uh, knowledge, um, everything like that. And it goes through about six, seven of them, whatever it is. Uh, but faith is the foundation. I quoted it earlier, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So Romans chapter 10, verse 17 states, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Now, I've said it many times that there are Christians 
who have been going to church faithfully so long they could have three PhDs in the Bible. But they still struggle to believe themselves out of a headache. <coughs> so faith didn't come. But faith cometh by hearing. You, you've got to, there, there's got to be, faith, I said it this, I, I didn't come up with this term, somebody else did. Faith is caught, not taught. See, if you don't catch the faith of the word, then you're, you're going to have a hard time operating in it because you're approaching it carnally. You're trying to make it make sense to your brain. There's a lot of people who have a lot of Bible knowledge and you know faith has come in some arenas of their life, but they struggle trying to make sense of the word. So when they start talking to me, they get uncomfortable because I start talking stupid stuff like all things are possible. Why do you view that as a hindrance? Why are you so focused on you? Once you get focused on the word and what the word of God can do. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Now, what is the word? The word that we hear that is faith is God. You can't separate God from his word. So his word, we believe his word, but his word is a testimony of who he is. So now take whatever problem that you're going through, whatever struggle in life. I guarantee you there is a word for that problem. Because the Bible says there's nothing that you'll go through that's not common with man. So he's got a word on how to get through it. And then if you can't find a specific word for your issue, he said, whatever struggle that uh, nothing will come upon you uh, that you're not able to bear. But with all things, he will provide a way of escape. So there's a way of escape in everything that we do. And it was covenanted to us by his name. This is where I talked about and have used the term, the power of attorney. You and I have the power of attorney of his name. He's given us legal right to operate in his name. So faith comes by the word. This is why Philippians 4, 6 tells us to be anxious for nothing. Anxiety is a choice. Fear is a choice. Concern is a choice. Worry is a choice. The medical field has made all this an illness. It's a choice. And people love medication. Makes them feel good. It's like that time Dr. Barkley walked into a church. He was, he was invited to come and uh, preach, and he walked into the uh, pastor's office. Uh, he knew the father really well. The father passed on, the son took over. And uh, so uh, the son had invited him to come out and preach. And he walked into the pastor's office, and he's like, why do I smell marijuana? And uh, uh, the pastor, well, you know, I take a couple of tokes on it. It helps me revelate. Well, people like their juice, whatever their juice is. It makes them feel good. You know, I'll tell you who will make you feel good. But you got a man up or a woman up. Colossians 3, 2, I, I quoted it earlier, says to set your mind on things above. The reason we live in fear, worry, anxiety, concern is because we set our minds on us. Yeah. <laughs> We're judging everything in life by how it makes us feel. See, when you set your mind on him, what do you have to be concerned about? He says, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. Yeah. 
I'll never forsake you. Why do we have to fix the problem? Why can't we just relax through the problem? I, I tell you the reason. One is we're overly consumed with ourselves. And, but the other reason for that and the reason why we stay overly consumed with ourselves is because we don't fully understand what's in the name of Jesus. If we truly understand, like I said earlier, what's in the name of Jesus, we would be fighting to get more understanding of it. Yes. You and I have been given the power of choice. And we can choose how we're going to operate. Well, I just can't help it. Yes, you can. You have the power of choice. You and I can stop doing whatever we need to stop doing, and we can start doing whatever we need to start doing. I can choose to exercise every day. But I choose to sit in my lazy boy. It's a power of choice. We, we all have the power of choice and our lives are the sum total of our decisions that we've made because everything has a corresponding action to it. And most of us make decisions based on how it makes us feel on some level or another. But there's a way to live where we can make a choice based on how, how the word of God or what the word of God says. Sorry about that. How the word of God, what the word of God says. So go to John chapter one. Amen. Okay, let's see if we can break this, this down. Are you following with me so far? Yes, sir. John chapter one. First one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So here in chapter one, we see that the word and we see God are synonymous. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. You cannot separate God from his word. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. All things were made by who? No, it was made by the word. No, it was made by God. Genesis chapter one. God said, and it was. So the saying released something. A creative force. Do you know that you and I are here to expand the kingdom of God? We are in partnership with God to create in this earth. Most of us are so stuck at trying to create something in our own life so that we can live a little bit better. We have no vision or destiny of where we're going in God to accomplish something. And there's such great power without a vision, the people perish. And all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So what was made that wasn't made by the word? Absolutely nothing. So now if everything was made by God and was made by the word and you and I have God in us. Thus, we have the word of God in us. At what level can the word of God function within us? At the same level that it functions with God. But God speaks from a position of authority and in an alignment, if I can say it this way, to himself. Remember when he says, uh, because it was impossible to swear by any higher, he swore by himself. I mean, we're dealing with the top of the chain when we're dealing with him. And he said when he died that he put his spirit in us. So we have God in us, which we've been given the name, the authority. The only struggle you and I have is the fight of self and the revelation of who he is. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Now, if in him is life and he is in us, wouldn't life be in us? 
And wouldn't that life that is in us be a light to other people? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, We have a treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellency of power may be within us, or it will be of God and not of us. And then chapter, or verse 3 of that same chapter says, If your gospel, your good news is hid, or if people can't see that life in you, it's hid from those who don't believe. We should, based on the anointing of God, the word of God, God in us, we should make unbelievers uncomfortable in our present and inquisitive to how can I change the circumstances that I'm in. This goes back to Acts chapter 1, that you shall receive power from, uh, when the day of Pentecost fully come, you know, uh, and you shall be witnesses of me. We should live by the power of God. Jump down to verse 14. And the word, or God, because the words are synonymous, was made flesh, that's Jesus Christ, and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, uh, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So what we saw in him was the power of God reduced down to human that could elevate a human to walk in a supernatural power. Now, I'll challenge you to, to judge yourself on where you're living at right now, where your struggle is. Because, you know, I, I preached a while on what I called the statement of being. In him we live, we move, and we have our, we should be what he's made us be. Be healed. Be blessed. Be at peace. Be joyful. Be love. Pastor was uh, ministering today and he said, he's had people ask him for, would you pray for me that, that I can walk in love with people? And he says, are you born again? I say, yes, I am. I said, then why would I pray for that? Because love's inside of you. you. You have a battle of decision. He said, he said it a different way. Uh, I like the way he said it, but I can't remember. But, but basically he says, you got a conflict in who you are. It's you that can't walk in love. You've got love in you if you're born again. Do you know that with the love of God, the, the love of God is shed abroad in, in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, that you and I can walk with any knucklehead? I don't care how knuckleheaded they get. You and I can walk in love with them because the love of God is inside of us. Now, don't, don't raise your hand, but how many here has ever not walked in love with somebody? Okay, it wasn't because love wasn't in me. It's because I chose not to walk in love. Amen. Don't look at me with those eyes, Karina. <laughs> so, so he says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of God in him. Now go back to verse 12. But as many, now we're going to see, you're going to have to ask yourself, are you part of the many? As many as received him. Received what? Him, the covenant. See, now, now we can see and we can ask ourselves, are we of the many that received him? Because Chris, born again Christians say, yes, I received him. But then they can't walk in love with somebody. Yeah. Or they're anxious for everything. Or they're a worry wart. Or they're, see, but we haven't received him. Because the receiving of him is the receiving of what he's done and on his side of the equation, there is no other alternative but what he said. My peace, I left with you. Well, 
you and I, my life should be in peace all the time. Doesn't mean we're not going to face difficulties, but in the difficulty we can stay in peace. Some of Watchman Nee's best books were written while he was a prisoner in China. What difference in Chinese prisons and American prisons, especially back in the day when he was alive? It doesn't matter the condition. Read uh, Harlan, uh, Harlan Popoff. Uh, his son's been here, uh, Paul, many times, but he was in a, a Russian gulag. And everything that he went through, but he just kept ministering the Word of God to people. See, it doesn't matter the condition. Uh, in fact, Peter said something one time, and I can't remember the context of what he said. I only remember what he said. And he attached with it five years in prison. And he said, anybody can do that. I'm thinking, I don't want to do five years in prison. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what are you talking about, man? Anybody can do that. Uh, but that was David talking. There's been many people, Paul, uh, Peter, other ones that have been put in prison. And through the grace of God and the power of God, they were able to maintain their testimony in it. See, we allow, we allow circumstances to become more powerful than the power that resides within us. And so, uh, for as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Watch this. Even to them that believe on his name. So now we're saying we believe on the name without the manifestation of victory in our life. We have to understand that either, either God just writes really flowery books to make us feel good, or there's actually a, a level that you and I can live at that allows us to supersede the level of the circumstances that we face. One of the hardest things you and I will ever get over, not me, ourselves. I may be up there in the top 10 list, but, but you know, for each and every one of us, ourselves is the hardest thing for us to get over because we think, we want, we feel. Yes. Can you die to self? Now, we know it's possible in the Bible, but can you? Like, to where you don't matter, only the Word of God matters. See, because that'll, that'll manifest something. I think it's interesting in, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, I didn't go that far on my Friday thing, but he starts talking about, when I leave this tent, uh, you know, I want to make sure you know this and stuff like that. My days are drawing. But it's like he's writing it like, yeah, man, I'm going to be out of here pretty soon. And, uh, you know, I'm cool with that. Now, now, wait a minute. He's going to be crucified, but not like Jesus. He's going to be crucified upside down. So it's going to be worse. I'm not worthy. Interesting statement. I am not worthy to die in the same manner as my, my Lord and Savior. But see, we'll never get a full revelation of the name of Jesus when we have a dominant revelation of, I'm going to use me as an example, of David. Somebody hurt me. I can't function in life anymore. Well, you're all about you. Well, I was in this church one time and they... Da, 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 da. Well, were you serving them or were you serving God? I need to get out of this job. Everybody in here is a heathen. Well, okay. That's a great place to be. Are you being a light? Or do you need a mental health day? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
When you talk to me while I preach, I get to talk back. All right. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. Hebrews eleven thirty-two, And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Burke, Barak and of the Samson and of Jephthah or something like that. Of David. Now that's King David. I'm gonna, he's the one I, I want to point out in this. Also in Samuel and of the prophets. Who, I'm, gonna, I'm focusing on David. Who through faith subdued kingdoms worked righteousness, obtained promises, stomped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of a weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, and then women who received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And uh, But David, through faith, but <clears throat> as we we're studying uh, David out of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 17, we said he came in the name of the God of Israel. He had faith in the name. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is God manifest in flesh. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. Okay, so he, he now in the Old Testament, the promise of God was a promise to. I promise you I will do this if you... Put your faith in me. In the New Testament, it's a promise I did. Because we look back to the cross. Everything was accomplished. So now we're not in a realm of, of he promised to. We're in the realm of he promised that he did or he told us that he did. But many people are praying to him and acting like I need him too. He did. And this is where the revelation of the name starts coming to life. Is No, it does not matter. It does not matter what's coming at me. I have the ability to overcome this. Because God said he'll not allow more to come on me than what I'm able to bear. You have faith to get through this. And with all things, we'll make a way of escape. So there's an answer that you have the faith to get through if you're willing to walk with him. Does that make sense? Now, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, I'm going to show you some things here. I'm kind of punchy this morning, and, and I feel like stepping on toes. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to read a little bit before so we have a context of what's being said. For I have verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. So the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians said, I received what I'm also giving to you. I'm not, I'm not just telling you things. This is stuff that I walked in. Uh, which also deli I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. So this is the passage of scriptures that's typically used during communion. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, watch this, which is broken for you. Now we all know that Jesus' body was broken, but do you have a revelation that it was broken for you? That applies into your circumstances. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. So now we have the New Testament. When we drink of that, we're referring back to the blood which was done for us. Now in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. 
Okay, so we can understand the blood of the Lamb. This is why he has us take communion, is so that we can remember what he did for us. Okay, because we're going to overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Now, a lot of people are receiving communion, uh, and they're remembering what Jesus did, but they don't have the depth of the covenant of when he died, when he spilt his blood, it did something in our lives. He, he spilt his blood seven times. When he was circumcised, when he was, uh, the crown of thorns was put on his hand, when they put nails through his hands, when they put nails through his feet, uh, when, they, when a spear was pushed through his side, every single time that his blood was shed, it purchased something for us. Okay, do we remember this when we receive communion? This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. So he says as often as you do it. So there's no regulation on how often you do it. You can receive communion three times a day or once a year or once every five years. It's your ability to remember what he did. It's not a religious act. It's a bringing myself back. It's really realignment. I've got to bring myself back into the now, if you bring yourself back in line with his sacrifice, you're going to adjust things in your life. Because it's a realignment saying, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Now, this is remembrance and anticipation. You're remembering what he does, which gives you the ability to walk in the word of God. And you're anticipating the outcome overcoming through this. Are you with me or am I talking too fast? But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Now, many people, what many preachers will teach this. Well, if you got sin in your life, you got to get it out before this or else you're, you're doing it unworthily. He can't be talking about our worthiness from that standpoint because the only thing you and I are worthy of is hell. It's only by his mercy and his forgiveness that we're made right with him. So he can't be talking about, let's just read the last part of the verse, not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, we don't understand what he did, why he did it, and bring ourselves into that statement of being that we are what he created us to be. Watch this. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep or many die. Let me put it in my wording. They don't understand the covenant. They have no revelation of the covenant. They're more focused on how they feel. How the medicine makes them feel. How the whatever does the whatever. And there's no real reality of what was done in the, in the name of the covenant. Now, I'm not beating anybody up here because this is something that over the last several years has become a, more of a reality to me and I've sought revelation on it and uh, probably for maybe about 10 years because I was in the same battle just or in the same thing, just praying the name of Jesus. Got to invoke the name of Jesus. But then I'm watching people and I'm reading the word and on a, on a broad scale, on even people that I, I have a lot of... Uh, um, reverence for uh, in different capacities it's not working to the level of what is stated in fact I, I read a book by Dr. Uh, Brian Scott out of Canada he's an attorney that became a pastor and it was on grace and it was uh, 
He made a powerful point. In fact, I went back, I wanted to read it again, went back and looked through my stuff and I can't find it. But he drew an arrow, like, you know, just like in Microsoft Word, how you can get an image and there's an arrow. And he was saying that he had this really big white arrow going up. And then he had this small skinny arrow coming down. He said, this is what most people's lives are. They're praying, they're praying, they're praying, they're calling, they're calling, they're praying, they're praying, praying. And they got this little trickle of answered prayers coming back down. He says, when you read the word of God, it shouldn't be that way. Your prayer should be the skinny one going up. And God, who abundantly gives, is overtaking your giving. And, and that, was probably, that was probably before 2010 when I was listening to him minister and he was talking about this and I bought his book. And uh, it, that was probably the starting point on me. It's like, yeah, we're not living in this. It's like we're fighting to get God to answer our prayers. And he's saying, I give to you abundantly. Where's the abundance? Well, you know, I finally found out David's got a clog. God's trying to do something, but David's got a clog. I won't tell you where it's at, but uh, my thinker ain't thinking in, in alignment with him. And, and I don't understand, you know, everything that he's, he's saying. And, uh, and so if we do this, uh, I'm running out of time. Let's go to Acts chapter 19. I want to get this in here, tie it, tie it with the verses that we just read. Is, is God's wanting us to live in a supernatural power. It's all tied up in this name, but we've got to understand the name. I, I've seen people who will talk about the power of the name of Jesus talk about being filled with the Spirit of God and still can't beat anything. We, we have to, why? And it may be us. If your name is so powerful and your spirit is so powerful, why is my life a toil? Why does it seem like I go from one struggle to another struggle to another struggle to another struggle? It can't be God. It has to be the alignment. So in Acts chapter 19, look at verse 11. And God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. And the diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. Okay, stop and just meditate on this for a second. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I don't know, do I have a hanky? I got a hanky. Uh, Paul? Can I have your hanky? Sure. And they walk over and they lay it on somebody and they get healed. There was no prayer for it. He says that because of the anointing that was on his life, they took handkerchiefs. Now, now is, just don't look at me in any way. Is that lower or higher than where you're living? Can we take a hanky, believing the anointing of God is so powerful on us? That here, go take this and lay this. Smith Wigglesworth had a great story where he was uh, ministering someplace. I think it was over in England, and um, he stayed at somebody's house, and so he was there for a few days. And the wife was believing that the the husband would get born again, and uh, last day of the service, you know, whatever. And he gets up the next day and he's leaving, and he says, "Well, thank you for your hospitality. Appreciate it." <coughs> she goes, "No, you can't leave." My husband's not born again yet. And he says, well, just don't wash the sheets and let him sleep on them. So, okay. So she didn't wash the sheets on the bed. 
He went to bed, and that night he got so convicted uh, under the power of God that he gave his life. Why, why do we have to... How come the anointing on our life doesn't affect people like this? I, I, I'll tell you the answer. I'm not picking on anybody because I'm picking on myself too. Is there's a power you and I should be living in that we're not seeing. It's because we don't understand the name. Now, then a certain vagabond Jew, right after that, then a certain vagabond Jew, an exorcist, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjourn you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. So now here's a person that has a Jesus understanding because they listened to Paul. He's going he's gonna to attempt to cast out a devil in the name of Jesus. Because that name's powerful, right? And there were seven sons of one Eskiva, a Jew and a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, <laughs> but who are you? What does the devil say when you start praying in the name of Jesus? Yeah, it's easy for me to get you off course. Just go ahead and say that name. You, you, you're not saying it from a position of authority. See, when Paul spoke the name of Jesus, it wasn't just a verbalization. When Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you, it wasn't just a name. It was a position. I have, think, power of attorney. I have been given the authority to use this name. This man thought by repeating the name of Jesus, he would have the same effect. Let's see what happens to him. But who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So now, and the man, so a lot of people say, well, the demons came and beat him up. It wasn't the demons. The demons were in a man. That's who they were trying to exercise it out of. The man in whom the evil spirit was, the man leaped on them, being driven by demonic forces, and they, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So they not only wanted to hurt them, they wanted to humiliate them. They wounded them, then beat, beat them up, then they ripped their clothes off. So they're running out naked. Now we've got to come down, I've, I've got to, um, I've got to quit. We got to come down to it's it's revelation. And, and like I said, I'm not beating up on nobody. I'm trying to help people get into a realm of victory. I'm not totally there yet either. But I have. And I that's why I live my life such an open uh, book. That, and I talk about the different things that I go through because we have a statement of being that we can get into. All we have to do is understand this element it's not just by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is powerful. You want to be filled with the Spirit. You want to be operating in the Spirit. But if you don't have faith in the name and understand the positional element of the Holy Spirit that's in you, you, you can still live a life that has no power in it. Let's all stand.